0: Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. Today, you will be hearing a message from our very own Pastor Richard D. Dobbs entitled, Despite the Enemy, We Are Still Happy. In today's message, we learned that when we are steadfast and immovable in our labor for Jesus, despite the enemy's attacks, we can still maintain our happiness. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered and equipped by today's message. Luke is giving us the account in which the 70, a witnessing team, were were reporting back to Jesus the highlights of their ministries in the cities. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 10. We're in Latin. but let's go to verse one. Luke 10 and verse one. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I sing you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house. And if a son... And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the labor is worthy of its wages. Do not go from house to house. Excuse me. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. Heal and heal the sick and say to them... The kingdom of God has come near you, but whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, the very dust of your city, which cleans us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, uh, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. So we see in this text that Jesus has appointed or selected and sent out them in pairs to minister the soul's That we see in this particular text. He has appointed and sent out. When he sent out, he ordered them to go to fulfill their assignment. He did not just send them out. He sent them out to fulfill their assignment. And one thing you need to understand that when Jesus sends you out, he sends you out with a specific assignment in hand. He doesn't send you out just to be gone. He sends you out with a specific assignment in hand. The 70 had the task of laboring and witnessing to people as well as helping people to establish a relationship with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He selected them. He sent them out. They were going out to help people get closer to Jesus. And we need to make sure that we complete our assignment inside and outside of the church when it comes to reaching others and preparing them to receive the word of the living God. We need to be in a position to tell others about Jesus. We need to be in a position to explain to them the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when he sends you out, he equips you when he sends you out. God does not just send you out just to be sending you. He sends you out with instructions. He sends you out with a purpose. He sends you out with the assignment that he's given unto you. And when he does, he wants us to be in a position that we help others to get closer to Jesus. And one thing I had to learn over the years, in order to help others get closer to Jesus, i got to be close to Jesus myself. How can you help somebody get close to Jesus if you're not close to them yourself? We got to make sure, first of all, we're close to Jesus, and then we make up in our minds we're gonna help others get close to Jesus. Why do we help others get close to Jesus? Because God been so good to us, we want to share that love with somebody else. Why be selfish with what God has given unto you, and you don't share the love of Jesus with others? So in turn, they can in turn enjoy the relationship just like you do. And so Jesus is it. They went out; He sent them out. Two by two, at least 70 of them. And this witness team, known as the 70, was full of joy after the results of the word of God at work in the people. We see in verse 17, Luke 10 and 17, then the 70 returned with joy. They had joy. They were glad about what they were doing. And they were glad to see the word of God working in the people. They were happy to see. And when we see the word of God being manifested in those we share the word with, it brings joy and faith that the word of God works. Not just works for me, but it works for those I minister to. I share the good news of Jesus and they see lives change. They see people healed and delivered. Not just in my life, because I know it works for me, but I thank God it works in more than just me. Isn't it good to know it can work in your family, it can work on your coworkers, it can work on friends, it can work on loved ones. The word of God works not just for you, but for those around you. And thank God when you pray, something happens. You see the power of God moving, and we should get joy from seeing God move in the lives of other people. We should get joy from that. And I've also believed that even when the seventy faced challenges and opposition from people and the enemy, the supernatural joy that they received helped them to continue and persevere while laboring with the Lord. You can't tell me while they were going out, and remember, they were going out like an advanced team. They were sharing the good news of Jesus Christ before Jesus came into the city. Remember in verse one and two, they would go into the city before Jesus came into the city, and they were kind of like Things up, they will tell people that Jesus was coming, and while they were ministering, I don't believe truly everything went wonderful along the way. I don't think because, number one, they dealt with demons. How do you know, Pastor Dowell? Because they they were happy to see the demons go. One thing you need to understand when you go out and prepare it before Jesus, not everything's gonna go wonderful. You, you need to, I'm in the will of God, but not everything's gonna go wonderful. I believe truly. That they needed something on the inside of them that went beyond the perseverance, that went beyond the challenges, that went against, uh, excuse me, that was stronger than the opposition they received while they were going out ministering. Now remember that God chose 70 there were more than 70 that they were out there, but he only chose 70. I believe he chose 70 because he knew that these 70 could persevere. He knew these 70 would pray. He knew these 70 could handle the challenges that came their way. And that's why when God chooses us, we ought to be thankful that he chose us. Because he sees something in us that nobody else sees. Somebody don't think that we can make it through all the challenges, the ups and the downs that comes along the way. But how many know that you are a child of the most our God, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, and people don't really know how much you can handle. They look at your past and determine. They're trying to determine your future. But you got a relationship with Jesus now, and you are a much better person than what you used to be. You don't lie like you used to lie. You don't talk negative like you used to talk. You walk by faith and not by sight. You are an overcomer, God Almighty. You are the blessed. You are the best, Amen. That God has coming your way, and He chose the seventy. He chose the 70. He chose the 70. And look at somebody and tell them, I ain't no joke. I ain't no joke. I ain't no joke. I tell somebody, I am the real deal. I am the real deal. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm the real deal. I'm the real deal. But I imagine they ran across opposition. I imagine that they saw things that came up along the way that wasn't quite comfortable. And it challenged them in what Jesus had sent them out to do. His, what their assignment was, it challenged them. But you, uh but that also reminds us there of what Nehemiah 8 and 10 says. Go to Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. Hold that, we're coming back to it in just a moment. But Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10 reads as follows, that he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions of those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our God, to our Lord. Do not sorrow. Do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Sometimes you're going to need joy, which is protection, a place of safety, a stronghold against the enemy that we receive from having joy based on the Word of God, according to this particular text. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And you going to need joy when you walk walking with Jesus. I ain't talking about that regular joy. I'm talking about supernatural joy. I, you need joy when you face challenges. You need joy when life don't go the way you want it to go. You need joy when you're dealing with your co-workers. You need joy when you're dealing in your business. You need joy, amen, dealing in every aspect of your life. In school, you need joy. In your mind, you need joy. Even at home, you need joy sometimes. Oh, because sometimes, even in your own house, with the blinds closed and the TV off, you need joy that comes from God. You can't, amen, you can't fake this joy because this joy comes from God and it's supernatural. Can't nobody explain it? Can't nobody put it in the words, But you have it, despite what you're dealing with. Got a bill, you still have it. Challenging your body, you still have it. Challenging your money, you still happy? Happy. Challenge in your mind, you still happy. You've got supernatural joy. Good God Almighty. Woo! Tell somebody thank God for God's joy. Woo! Well, thank God for his joy. Man, can you imagine if we had to depend on the world's joy? Can you imagine if you had to depend on the world's joy? And the world's joy is made up of alcohol, it's made up of drugs, it's made up of adversity, and whatever else the world wants to deal your way. And you have to be careful that you're getting joy from God and not from the world. And so now we go back over to the text and go back over to Luke 10 and 17 again. And it reads as follows. Then the seven they return with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They went out the 70 to the advanced team for Jesus, the witnessing team for Jesus. And, and now they were the demons. They dealt with demons. Oh, they dealt with demons now. How do you know? Because the scripture says the demons were subject to his name. They didn't use Peter's name. They didn't use John's name. They didn't use Richard's name. They didn't use your name. They used the name that is above every name. The name that works under every circumstance and situation. I always say this, don't call his name unless you want something. Let me say it two more times. Don't call his name unless you want something. Don't call his name unless you plan on using the power that's associated with his name. And When you call it, it's going to give it more power then. It's going to give it more of the anointing. go more, give it more grace and love and mercy. Whatever you need in that situation. It's going to happen. The one major observation that the 70 made that that brought excitement to their testimony about Jesus was that the demons were subject to his name. They yielded to the name of Jesus. They obeyed the name of Jesus and they submitted to the name of Jesus. And the same go and listen, and if God did it for the seventy, he'll do it for those in this sanctuary this morning. That the name of Jesus, every knee gonna bow, and every tongue gonna confess. Let me tell you something, demons are subject to the name of Jesus. They gonna yield to the name of Jesus. They are gonna submit to the name of Jesus. And when they do, you can bind them up in the name of Jesus and you can cast them out in Jesus mighty name when you understand that you when you understand that see we need that same type of enthusiasm and energy when we see the demons because they're going to bow down to the word of God working in us and through us Paul reiterated the same message to the Philippian church when he told them every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God go to Philippians chapter 2 I know I just read it, but I'm, excuse me, quoted it, but let's just look at it in print. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 and through 11. Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And notice what it says here in the text. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. You notice that he submitted to himself to the death of the cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. You can put cancer out there. You can put diabetes out there. You can put unforgiveness out there. You can put anything you want to put out there. But that name, every name that you put out there, God going to be above it. Think about this, when you go to the doctor and they name something that you challenge with, you say, well, mm, well, that's okay though, cause I got, I know a name that's above that name. When you're dealing with something in life and you can't understand what it means, y'all, you ought, y'all you ought to know that you got a name that's above that name. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever it is in your life, the name that is above every name. When you say, you don't know my neighbor, Pastor Dobbin. You don't know my boss. You don't know my supervisor. You don't know my child. You don't know my family. You don't know my loved one. But I do know Jesus. Are y'all following me? And at the name of Jesus, let me read. I'm sorry I'm about to get ahead of myself. I'm getting too happy on that part. L- let me get to the point here. Therefore, God is get, also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of who? Every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on the earth. Notice, not only will those in heaven bow, but those on earth going to bow. I'm going to tell you something. Everybody going to honor Jesus. You ain't going to play with the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And this is why I, I'm going to bow before he make me bow. Thank y'all for the two amens right there. I tell somebody, i won't. make, listen, watch this now, watch this, don't tell me that, but watch this. Listen, if you don't bow voluntarily, he's going to make you bow. And I plan, I plan on bowing voluntarily. I don't need nobody to break me down at my knees and talk about you finna bow now. You finna raise your hand now. And then I'm like, well, I ain't going to do it. Oh, yeah, you're going to do it. Oh, yeah, you, because, oh, yeah, you, 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 listen, there's a name that is above every name. And listen, you put Richard out there, but Richard can't save you. You can put whoever name you're gonna put out there, we can't save you. But the name of Jesus, every knee gonna bow. That means every demon gonna bow. Every let me tell you, even angel, every angel gonna bow at the name of Jesus. Good God Almighty. Everyone gonna bow at the name of Jesus. Everybody gonna honor him, whether they want to or not. I just choose to honor him voluntarily. Tell you what I choose to honor him voluntarily. Oh yeah, I choose when I come into the house of God to bow my in my worship. I choose to bow and give it. I choose to bow. Amen in my prayer. I choose to bow in worship. I choose to bow. Oh, I like the song. Bow down and worship Him. Worship Him. Don't don't be made to worship Him. Listen, worship Him now while you can, and don't be made to worship Him when you ain't got no choice. Ain't no way. I, well, you know, Hallelujah. I thank God we got revelation that God teaches to bow while we're here on the earth. I mean, you know, listen, I thank God we, we're full of a sanctuary of believers that will bow down and nobody got to make you bow down. Oh, ain't nobody got to make you bow. Ain't nobody got to make you worship Jesus. Ain't nobody got to make you honor Jesus. Ain't nobody got to make you love Jesus. Let me tell you something. I believe there's some there's some believers in the sanctuary that will ride down the road and bow down and worship. I ain't talking about going literally down. I, I don't want you to go down while you're riding because you may have a wreck or something. But I literally will honor Jesus riding down the road. Will honor Jesus in their business. Will honor Jesus in their home. Listen, you could be cleaning up and just be honoring Jesus. Washing dishes, honoring Jesus. Oh, cooking a meal and honoring Jesus. Love it. Look, God Almighty, honoring Jesus wherever you go, however you do it. You honor Him. You honor Him. You honor Him. You honor. We're going to honor Jesus. And every tongue confess that he's Lord to the glory of God. Verse 10 that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. Hey, but there's some people under the earth, y'all. Okay, yeah, wait, well, Pastor, you know what? Uh, I'm just okay. No, 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 no. There's some people under the earth. There's some people in heaven. There's some people you see out uh, walking around here. And there's some people under the earth. And God will get every last one of them, and they're going to bow at the night, bow to Jesus. Let me tell you something, I don't, I, I, I don't want to be made to bow down to Jesus. Oh, no, oh, no. I'm telling you, listen, you, you can, a man may make me bow down at gunpoint, but you know what? In my heart, I really ain't worshiping him. See the difference right there? Because I can, listen, you may put me at gunpoint and make me bow down, but I really ain't worshiping you. You, uh, But I choose to worship him. I choose to worship him. Praise songs, praise team sings that song, I choose to worship Beautiful song, I love it. But we choose to worship Jesus. Tell somebody, I choose to worship Jesus. That's it. I choose to. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And notice this. Even if you don't want to say he's Lord, you going to have to say he's Lord. Isn't that something? But see, I, I don't want us to get there. I believe most of us in the sanctuary are not going to get there. You know what we're going to do? Before we get there, we're going to automatically say, you're Lord. You're Lord. In fact, let's practice it real quickly. Let's say, he, you're Lord, Jesus. Oh yeah, ain't nobody got to make me. I just voluntarily do it. Are y'all following me? Sometimes when I'm in this situation, I say, you Lord over this situation, God. Let me tell you, you ought to practice that when you're at home or you're dealing with something in your school or workplace or your business. You ought to say, you're Lord. Cause sometimes life can be messing with you, and the enemy can act like he lord over some things in your life. And, and, and I'm saying and this is what you gotta understand: it's gonna look like he lord, it's gonna sound like he lord, but you gotta know by faith that it's not lord. You gotta know by faith that that challenge in your body is not lord. You got to know by faith that the challenge in your pocketbook is not Lord. You got to know by faith that the challenge at your home is not Lord. You got to know by faith that your car is not your challenge. It's not your Lord. You got to know by faith to the glory of God the Father. We shot that. We're going to bow. We're going to bow. Now let's go back over to Luke 17. I want you to look at God's response, the Lord's response to the seventy when they came back with joy because the demons were subject to his name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Now, I don't know about you, but anybody ever outran lightning before? Anybody ever caught lightning with your bare hands? In fact, if you blink with lightning going, you're going to miss lightning, ain't you? Because lightning fast. I mean, lightning is fast. And he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Fall. His response to them was was interesting because he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And fall is an interesting word because it means to descend from a higher place to a lower place. He's, and Matt, when he says to send from a, a higher place to a lower place, he says, think about this, it was quick. It wasn't like, it was like, it, he took his time, he came down like on a um, uh, landing in a plane or on a hot air balloon or anything like that. Now, it was, as soon as he saw it, it was boom, over with. In fact, if you were to blink, you would have missed it. It was so fast, I don't even know that the seventy saw it. But we do know this, the Lord saw it. It was so fast. You know, one of my favorite superheroes, one of his description is he's faster than speed and bullet. Notice, this fall was faster than that. That's fast, is it? That's fast. I mean, you think about the fall, any kind of fall like that is quick. It's quick. And so he said, I saw him falling like lightning to a lower place. He was thrust down. He lost his authority. He no longer had force. It came, what he was doing came to an end just like that. And I thought about that because this one, you know, yeah, think about what's going on here, who he's talking to, and what it means in this particular situation. And so when I see that, I know we know that the 70 were working, ministry. And they were doing it in his name. We read that in the text. But what does that mean when he says, I saw Satan falling like lightning? I believe, and and what I I believe it means to us today. I believe he saw Satan losing his grip on certain things in people's lives. See, when the enemy got a grip on somebody and the gospel is being ministered, that grip is lost just like that. When individuals submit themselves to Jesus, and they say, "You know what? You're my Lord now." Enemy got to move just like that. Now the influence may still be there, but he got to move from that, doing what he does. Because when, when let me tell you something: when the enemy, when, when they, God cast out the enemy, it ain't no one if you're gonna come out or not. You coming out because Jesus said you coming out. You don't beg with God so you know where well, I might come out and I might not. You ever been waiting for somebody and you, and you uh, sitting at the, you sitting out there in the car and you don't blew the horn and tell them to come on and they, and you like, did this person hear me blowing the horn? You know, or I got another. One. You ever seen the light change and somebody in front of you act like they don't see it? And we know it ain't real long, but it's long enough, ain't it? And you like what? I'm about to hit this horn right now. I know it's been for three seconds, but that, who, they ain't move fast enough for me. Here. This is God saying this is faster, faster. God wants to lose individuals' lives. I believe the seventy were ministering, and the enemy lost his authority and influence. Whether it was in, and he lose uh, his influence, his authority. Whether it's in my finances. Our marriage, our children, our business opportunities, our friendships, whatever. When they, when we submit to God, we are going to be individual. I'm telling you, when you start giving like God tell you to give, boom, there it is. Now, he may have some influence because he's been there for a while, but he has lost his authority and influence in your life. When you uh, continue to submit yourself to God, the enemy got to leave your marriage. Remember he said, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he asked to what? Flee. He didn't say walk away. He said what? Flee. He got to go. He got to go. When you are an individual who believe God for your children, he got to flee your children. He can't walk away from your children. He got to flee your children. When you're individuals who believe in God in your business or your work relationship, let me tell you something. He got to flee that and not stay there. Many of you have cast the devil out of your home and you really don't know how fast he left your home. <laughs> Woo! You don't really don't know how fast he left your home when you told him to go. The thing is, he never wants you to know he's there. Because if you don't know he's there, he can just cause havoc. But when you, once you realize, oh on, there's a devil up in here somewhere. You got to go, Devil. In the name of Jesus, get out of my house in Jesus' mighty name. And when he go, it ain't no walking out. I just feel like leaving now. I'm going to take my time. No, he got to flee. When you submit yourself to God, resist the devil, the enemy going to what? That's it. And flee ain't walking neither. You know how it is? Well, some of you, well, well, one day y'all be parents. Some of y'all parents know what I'm talking about. When you want your children to be in a hurry, you want them to be in a hurry. And when you tell, i need I need to hurry up. They start walking slow. Woo! That bring out another side of Jesus in you. Lord, you told me to have patience with the child, but I'm about to go. And see, the words, I'm gonna use this word. Don't don't use this, okay? Don't use it. The word snatch may come up in your vocabulary just like that. Don't snatch them, y'all. Don't snatch them yet. Yeah. Be led before you start snatching, all right? I'll probably just talking to myself. Y'all keep praying for all of us in this sanctuary, okay? He says in verse 19. Now, I want you to look at 19 because 19 is a thick part of the text. Remember, the 70s have been out, they've been appointed, and now they came back and they've got joy, and now Jesus said, I saw Satan falling down like heaven, and now we look at verse 20, 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I want you to notice the first thing that stood out to me when I read this, that the enemy has power. The enemy has power. I know some people say that the devil ain't got no power. That ain't what Jesus said, is it? Y'all see it right here, don't you? Over all the power of the who? Let me try that again. Over all the power of the who? Who said that? Now, if Jesus said the enemy got power. Then I believe he got power. Is that right? Because I mean, I I'm not. That's why I don't play with the devil. I know. I know. We, that's, that's probably an old school terminology. Don't play with the devil, but I just, I just like it. I'm gonna keep probably using it until I find another one that's better. Y'all pray that y'all my, my vocabulary get, you know, what's the word, modernized. <laughs> I'm still old school, boy. You don't play with that devil, now. <laughs> you don't play with that devil. There, there's a lot of things they tell you don't play with. Don't play with that devil. And that's why you don't play with, because he got strength, he got ability. One thing that's very powerful that he uses is influence. The enemy, the devil, will use influence. And remember, we, talk, we studied earlier that he'd been doing it since the beginning. The devil ain't been... This ain't the first time... Or, listen, when you start dealing with the devil, you ain't the first... It's, this is not the first time he dealt with somebody like you. He knows how to influence people. And we got to make sure that we do, don't fall for his influence. And he also got resources. Oh, he got some resources. Y'all know devil got resources, don't you? You don't believe me? This is on the internet. you see all the resources he can get. You can order stuff that are straight demonic. Listen, you you can type in, I typed in the word one time, I looked at somebody because they said they were dead. I gave you the sample before, I'm going to give it to you again. Because I heard they were dead, so I'm going to look them up and see what happened to them. Because, you know, somebody I used to uh, listen to or watch or whatever, a long time ago a stripper had picked up that individual's name. And when I typed it in, because I put image, I said, what? <laughs> I mean, I did, because I didn't know. I just heard they were dead. I looked it up, you know, because I wanted to make sure it was the same person. I put image. Well, what would I do that for? <laughs> and I was, listen, my eye probably was shot. What? <laughs> I realized that was not the same person that I saw back then. So I had to be more careful. That was one of my first times I was enlightened to the internet on that level. And uh, you just got to be careful. I put it to you like that. Got to be careful. We need to make sure that we have knowledge and understanding of this truth as, as well so that we are not deceived by his influence. The enemy can deceive you. Let me tell you, the Bible said he'll fool the very elect if it was possible. You know why it's possible? Because sometimes we don't take heed to the word. I'll be honest with you. Let's let, 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 let be real. Let's let put this on the table quick. Pastor Dobbs has been deceived in his day. Pastor Dobbs, Richard Dobbs, Elder Dobbs, Brother Dobbs, whatever name you want to call me, I have been deceived in my day. Why? Because I didn't take heed to the word. I remember one time the God warned me, don't sign it, don't sign it, don't sign it. i was like, oh man, this is good. I like this. Woo! But he got a deal in half. He said, "Don't sign it! Don't sign it! Don't sign it!" Boy, I signed it. It was a nightmare getting out of. You know, I was binding the devil up and ca- trying to cast him out, but God said, yeah, "I told you not to sign the first place." I had to work that thing out. You know, I worked it out. I'm careful. Sign. I'm reading stuff now. I'm reading. Stuff. Oh, cool. oh, yeah. And I'm like, mm, I don't think I need that. Nah, I don't think I need that. You be careful about signing stuff when you get your get your You get your hand in a bear claw, in a bear trap. You can't get out of (laughs) it quick. Good God, Almighty! So we learn, we learn. Now, we should not take the enemy lightly. Let me let that sink in for a moment. Let me say this before I go into my next point. Don't you ever think that the enemy is not smart? Don't you ever think that the enemy is not intelligent? He is a very smart and intelligent being. In fact he'll try he'll he'll work something on you if God don't uh intervene, it'd be hard for you to mess up. he's smart i i I don't play with the devil. I don't try to listen when I sense him there i'm I'm careful I try my best to be careful because sometimes you got to deal with folks that are under the influence of the enemy. y'all know that right? I'm gonna go pass it down with well, you know I just well okay well, all right keep living. You may have to work with some folks that are under the influence of the enemy. You may have to do business with some folks that are under the influence of the enemy. But God makes you, he's, he's giving you the Holy Spirit that makes you wiser in that situation. He's giving you the Holy Spirit that makes you wiser in dealing with the enemy. I mean, you can't go into an interview and you see the devil, right? Some casting the, the devil out of the interview. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I got this all in my pocketbook, and you start throwing it across the interview. and tell me, I'm going to cast it out of you Jesus' mighty name. Oh, yeah, you won't be getting that job. <laughs> if you're supervised, you think you got the devil in them, you can't go in there jump on top of the of the, of the table. Tell about in Jesus' name, all the devils coming out of these folks in him. Yeah, you, you ain't gonna be working there no longer. You follow me? Man? You got to be wise. You got to be wise got to be wise. Because y'all know that the wealth of the sinner laid up for the who. But you got to be wise about it, though. Can't go in the, your, on your job casting out devils now. Thank you. Let, let me try that one more time. Don't go on your job. Talking about, I just feel led to cast out the devil on my job. There are a bunch of devils on your job now. Because you cast out one, he going to jump on another one, or jump in another, jump on another. You're getting all them out. You got to learn how to be wise when you're working among them. Don't partake of the things that they do or what they uh, they do in the workplace. Now, let's go back to my next point. The sons of Sceva in 19, go to Acts 19, 13. Don't take the enemy lightly like the sons of Sceva did or the Jewish exorcists did that we talked about the other day. I won't spend much time there because we covered this Wednesday night. But I think it's important that we look at this example. Acts 19, verse 13. There some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus, over, to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, "We exorcise you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches." Remember, Jewish exorcist, exorcist, is somebody who's going to try to call out a demon spirit, but they did it the wrong way. And there were seven sons of Skeva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. Skeva means mind reader. He was a mind reader. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? I don't never want to be in a position when the demons start talking to me and tell me I don't know who you are. Because demons know believers. If I die, he don't know me. Demon, demons know believers. He know believers. I, listen, he said, Jesus, I know. Nobody read where Jesus was on the scene. But you see that he said, Jesus, I know. He saw Jesus there he also recognized that Paul was there. But he looked at the, uh, the exorcist, excuse me, the seven sons of Sceva and the Jewish exorcist. And he says, who are you? Then, then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, brought them under subjection, became their master. Ooh-wee, he became their master. Good God Almighty. And prevailed. He had, they had strength to overcome them and left them naked and wounded. The enemy may, may do the same to us if we get on his territory. That's why we thank God for grace. Grace and mercy. Because even when you fall in the enemy's territory, we thank God for grace and we thank God for mercy. Because it ain't going to be us. It's going to be after the Lord Jesus Christ that's going to help us overcome this. Now, when we look at that, go back over to, uh, to Luke 10 to 19. So we know he has power because he overcame them, he overpowered them, and prevailed over in Acts 19. So we need somebody who got more authority or more power than the devil to give us authority. Now, he may not give us all his authority, but give me enough authority to cast out the devils that try to come against me. And Jesus gave the 70 authority, which is a command, a power of rule to the 70, and he's the only one that can give us that authority in order to defeat the enemy. We see here that Jesus said, I'm gonna give you authority. But, he, in order to give authority, you gotta have authority. You can't, let's say, let's say for example, I'm gonna come to you on your job and say, you know what, I'm gonna make you a supervisor. You're like, man, you ain't got no authority on my job. <laughs> I don't have the, listen, the authority to do that. Now, if somebody that is in your company comes and do that, they got the authority to make you a supervisor. Are y'all seeing the difference there? Where Jesus has the authority to be a, to give us authority. He's got the authority over demonic spirits, over every evil spirit that comes our way. He's got more power than the enemy. He's got more authority. Remember, he earned it back at the cross at Calvary. He earned it. He got it. He can give it to those who believe. He gave it to the 70. He also give it to us as well. Isn't it good to know you know the one with all authority? Isn't it good to know the one with all authority? You ain't never use your, oh, excuse me. Every now and then I use what somebody, listen, I drop a name every now and then. You never drop the name with somebody. Oh, I know so and so and so and so. I try not to use unless I really have to. But every now and then I'll drop a name in order to get some influence. I think I did that last week as a matter of fact. Maybe the week before. Because, you know, sometimes people talk like, like you ignorant stuff. Like, you don't know nobody. I said, okay, well, that's fine. You know, I don't I ain't going to push it too much. But then again, I just, I just dropped the name. I just dropped, I ain't going to say I dropped the Sully. I dropped it on purpose. Okay, I was I was being manipulative, whatever the case may be. I dropped the name on purpose. So when I dropped it, I noticed how their demeanor changed. I noticed how their attitude changed. Because sometimes people like you don't know nobody. They, they, they try to throw you in the back and everything else. I don't know, man. I've been around too long, man. Y'all got to be kidding me. Especially around him. I mean, I mean, around here. Wait, please, that's, that's. Hmm. But anyway, I dropped it. Got what on. Let me tell you something. Well, you got Jesus name. Oh, you got some authority right now. Well, you got some authority that's going to change the world around you. Thank God he gives us authority over the situation. But notice authority he gives us. He gave us authority, a command, an influence, the power to rule to number one, trample on scorpion, on serpents. Trapple on serp- serpents. Trapple means to crush with the feet, to tread underfoot. Serpents. Serpents, evil that is cunning and smart. Sometimes you're going to run across some evil that is cunning and is smart. Don't ever think that folks around you, some, there's some folks that are just diabolical when it comes to evil stuff. And, and sometimes you work with diabolical folks. Not me. Yeah, you work with them, I'm telling you. There's the folks right now, you ever look at somebody, and by the time you finish talking to them, boy, I'm so glad you're nice, because you got another side of you. Woo-wee. There's the people that I look at, I said, man, I'm so glad you say because I'm glad if you, if you wouldn't say woo, you'd be something else. Some of them probably look at us and say the same thing. Boy, I'm so glad that they got the Lord on their side, woo, hallelujah. There'll be something else without God. And I tell you that, but he was just talking about you in case you missed it now. He was just talking about you in case he missed it. So I'm glad. There's serpents out there. He also gave us the ability to trample on scorpions. Scorpions are those evil that will sting you. There are some people out there that will sting you if you're not careful. They'll sting you with pride. They'll sting you with, with being, doing evil against you. They will sting you by talking about you. They will plot against you just because they like to plot. You got to understand that God will put these people under your feet. He'll give you power to trample over the power of the enemy, all his strength, all his ability, all his influence and resources. And then he says in the latter part of that, nothing shall by any means hurt us. Go wrong with us, harm us, damage us, do wickedly towards us, nothing shall hurt us. So notice the authority that God gives us. He gives us power to trample on evil that is cunning and smart, uh, those uh, that are evil that will try to sting us, all the power of the resources, the ability or the influence of the enemy, and nothing will hurt us. Isn't that good to know that God gives us that authority? I'm telling you, boy, that, that's the protection within itself. Remember, protection is in the word of a living God. And when we are steadfast and immovable and our labor for Jesus, despite the enemy attacks, we can still maintain our happiness. And this is the of what God told the serpent. Go, go me to Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to try to finish up in just a few more minutes here. Genesis chapter 3. I want to show you where... Jesus said that we would trample under, excuse me, yeah, we would trample on top of the the, the, uh, the enemy's head. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than, than every beast of the field. On your belly you should go and you should eat dust all the days of your life. Remember that the devil had used the serpent or the snake, and that's why the snake crawls today. You remember now, the snake didn't crawl when it first came out. It, it walked just like a human being did, a walk, basically on earth. Now I don't know how they did, cause I don't, I don't know where the legs at, but we know they crawl now, alright? And let and be honest with you, I don't care nothing for snakes today. That's just personal speaking. I know some people collect them. I know some people, let's they, they see, hey, you see that snake in your yard? That's a good snake right there. I ain't quite caught the revelation yet. I kill every one of them I see. And ask questions later. Somebody ask, what kind of snake you kill? Snake. (laughs) What kind was it? Snake, snake. (laughs) What happened to him? Dead, dead. Anyway, that's just me. Some of y'all might say, well, I let them run around the yard. They just go. Y'all have all that, all right? If you ever leave one around here, and I say, I'm going to try my best to kill it. But don't bring it right here talking about, oh God gives us power to handle serpents in, in our hand. Boy, if I can get something to throw at it and if I get this microphone thing right here, I'm gonna try to kill your snake, trying to bring it in me we can handle the snakes. We can handle those snakes up in him. I'm telling you right now, if you bring it with somebody, something past how we can handle the snakes, I'm gonna try my best to kill it. So don't bring it in here. You gonna have to test me like that. Whatever my pet, whatever. Now you better get your pet out of him. I'm gonna try to say it in a very nice way, but I'm gonna be real what I'm saying now. I, if I got to tell you two or three times, I'm swinging something. <laughs> got, well, I'm going to get out of there because y'all think I'm just, well, hallelujah. Anyway, verse 13, and I will put into me between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. In other words, the devil, everybody hold your foot up real quick. The devil go under your foot right now. That's what he's saying right now. Well, Pastor, I, I got a size five. Can he fit under there? He can fit under that size five. Because the Spirit is speaking now. Right? Y'all you understand? He's going to put the enemy under our feet. And that is the, when God gave us authority in, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, that is the fulfillment of that scripture. Everybody see that? That is the fulfillment of that scripture when we continue the prophecy in which will bruise the enemy's head by obeying the gospel that fulfills that scripture every time we obey we just putting them under our foot and every now and then while you got them down you ought to just smash it in a little bit y'all, y'all practice right quick smash them in a little bit because that devil he deserved to be under our foot glory be to God thank you Father I'm telling you your praise can put them under your foot too your praise oh, yeah you. no thanks you think I'll be turning around like this for nothing there's something underneath him, baby! Woo! After everything he put me through, I don't mind putting him under my foot. Oh, the headache, the heartache, everything he put me through, I'm going to sit down and just let him. Oh, please. Because he wouldn't do you like that. He definitely wouldn't do you like that. The Lord always has a way of establishing the most important things in our life. That's why we pick up verse 20. You remember they were happy because the devil's was subject to them in his name? But notice verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The Lord always has a way of establishing the most important things in our lives. He told the 70 to not to be so excited about the demons were subject to them, but to be more excited about their names are written or composed in heaven. Go to Revelation 21, verse 27. Let me give you my opinion of why he, why I think he made this statement. Because sometimes you're gonna to try to cast the devil out, and he gonna be sitting right there looking at you. Not because you ain't got the power to cast him out, but because that person don't want to let him go. And sometimes you be trying to get folks cast the devil out, and really that person don't, don't really want to let him go because they like what they're good to. They like it. Don't, don't let nobody don't let fool you. Some people like hanging with the devil. They like talking with the devil. They like doing the devil activities. And you trying to cast the devil out, and they're like, well, I like him. Mm-hmm. you trying to, oh, it can't, get out of Jesus' name. I'm like, I ain't got to go nowhere, because they don't want me to go. Yeah, I know what they're telling you, but I'm telling you, they don't want me to go. And sometimes they'll leave and go wait in the car for them. How was, how was service day? <laughs> after that, you know what they're going to do? Let me get back in so we go back and do what we're to do. You know we had planned after service day. Well, yeah, that was slick. The devil was slick. That's why I try to give much words I possibly can that's him, so in turn, we can have the victory in Jesus' mighty name. Twenty one twenty seven Revelation twenty one twenty seven then. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who, notice this, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Good God Almighty. Thank God our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Any book, listen, my name is probably in a lot of different stuff, but I, the most important book it needs to be in is in the Lamb's book of life. We, we sign our names to a lot of different things, but the most important book that our names need to be in is in the Lamb's book of life. Why? Because heaven is our permanent destination. One day heaven is going to be our home. Our life as we know it will be a memory on this great journey of life. Despite the enemy's best attempts, we are glad that we have a relationship with Jesus that will last throughout eternity. Isn't it good to know your relationship with Jesus goes beyond this natural situation and that our happiness doesn't come because of a demon being cast out. Our happiness comes because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We ought to be rejoiced in that fact more than devils being cast out. Because remember now, there's some people going to cast out devils and and not going to even make it into heaven. Y'all heard that, right? That's why he said, don't be so happy with that because there's some people, let me tell you something, are going to be people saying, Lord, Lord. And guess what he says? I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Boy, is it good to know that one day you're going to be with Jesus one day and everything going to be all right. Hallelujah to God. On that, I'm done. Stand to your feet. Despite the enemy, we are still Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center And visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.